Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It is week 23, and we are here talking about Lucifer, season five, episode two, Lucifer, 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 which Latoya, <laughs> I, uh, Noel and Allison, I DM'd Latoya on, like, as long as I was able to wait before I watched the new episode of Lucifer, which was Friday night after I finished editing everything. Uh, while I was putting up the podcast for the premiere, I was like, well, since I have to wait for it to upload, I might as well watch the new episode. And then I was like immediately DMing Latoya. Called it! I totally called it! Good job messing with us. You guys going on this whole Beetlejuice route. Um, <laughs> but that's nothing. Because I want us to cast our minds back to where we were about a week ago. When we were saying, there is no way we are ever going to get a better called it than the like the the stuff with the nudist colony and all that and i would like to pose for the class noel caldwelling michael as like our supreme called it so far noel how are you feeling and and what does the class think about this i'm so upset with myself (laughs) (laughs) for outthinking myself i had it and then I went, no, it's not the Flash. And then Latoya over here goes, you're right, it's Savitar, which is also correct, technically. <laughs> um, and just, uh, I just, I was so happy and so angry at the same time when <laughs> he busted out that American accent, uh, which is terrible. And I appreciate <laughs> that it's terrible. Um, and then revealed himself to be Michael. I'm just like, They did it. They did the thing I said that they wouldn't do because they're not the other show. And then I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Aside, I can't feel smug because I talked myself out of it. <laughs> I think it counts. Uh, Marcus says, uh, I think Noel watched the season five trailer, cheater. And Vince says, I was very proud of you anyways, Noel. My partner can attest that I was legitimately yelling at the television <laughs> uh, when he said that he was Michael because I was like I, I that's what I said that they weren't gonna do I did a whole thing and then Latoya said it was Savitar which is also what happened because it was an evil twin I told you who it was you didn't listen to me so you gave me all the clues miss <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mrs. Lucifer podcast or review recapper you gave me all the clues ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times well allison what did you think of our reveal you know i feel like noel and i had um very similar and yet directly opposite responses because for one breathtaking moment when tom ellis first said i'm not lucifer i'm not lucifer for just one beautiful exquisite moment I thought that it was Tom Ellis doing an impression of Graham McTavish's demon voice and that it actually was going to be Dromos, which I said jokingly. Right. And I thought I was about to get the coolest, most unlikely called it of all time, only to have it snatched away. <laughs> um, but that's fine. That's all right. It was still it was still a delight. Um, so I'm proud of Noel. Mm-hmm. And I'm not proud of me. And um, I'll carry this shame with me through my hell loop. <laughs> uh, but mostly I'm just really glad that Tom Ellis is getting to do such 
wild shit. Yeah. Um, because I, I also have some like questions and thoughts and I'm mostly going to reserve judgment because it's so early in this introduction of whatever it is that's coming. Um, uh, but whether, wh- regardless as to how I feel about the story, um, watching Tom Ellis do like, like wheedling used car salesman slash Richard the third mm-hmm. is cool as a hell. Um, and, and he seems to be, ha- yeah, hold on. I got to adjust yeah. my posture. He seems thing. to be <laughs> having a really good time. Um, there are some really cool staging moments that I want to talk about. And I think that as a piece of visual language, the way they're telling that story is just great from the costuming to the cinematography. Like there are all these little tiny touches I'd love to get into, uh, but broadly um, reserving judgment on plot development, all in on Tom Ellis development. Ludwig, what did you think the first time through? And of course, listeners, go read her reviews over the AV Club. I hate that I was spoiled for it. I wish I could have yeah. experienced the excitement without knowing that it was Michael, unfortunately. But uh, Tom Ellis's performance is uh, it's really uh, great. I, I gave him the comparison in my uh, review of this episode to Nina Dobrev as uh, Elena Gilbert and Catherine Pierce in The Vampire Diaries. So you know that is a, a high, high praise. praise from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, it was not nearly at that point. It was not approaching a Mislani. It was not even at, to a Dobrev, which I she's terrific in, in those dual roles. For me, it was, I was, uh, I wasn't like, when we see Lucifer at the end, it was like, oh, thank goodness we see Lucifer. It wasn't like, he, that actor hasn't been here. Wait, he has, which is like the distinction for me. But well, yeah. I, it is really fun. Yeah, that, that, that's a comparison I made basically where it's like, I was really relieved to see Lucifer as yeah. though he hadn't, like Tom Ellis hadn't been in the episode the entire time. Yeah, and the, I mean, let's dive right in with like his introduction and everything because it is disturbing watching him lie. Like yeah. when... It it's it's viscerally upsetting the performance and and just the like from everybody the watching uh, German as well respond to him watching somebody who looks like Lucifer lie and do it so adeptly and in that voice and everything it was very not okay I was like and I'm just sitting there thinking like okay well obviously this is not going to stand and we're going to have actual Lucifer talking to Ella how is he going to deal with that contrast because he he can't lie to her about it but. Like, how well, it was upsetting. Noel, how did you feel? So, I think that this is something that you can really, especially with how they want to depict Michael specifically, um, that this is something that you can really only get away with in like season five or even maybe season four in terms of watching your main actor put weird spins on all his catchphrases and all his catchwords. Um, so like that whole scene where he's staring at himself in the mirror, completely nude and like finding the, finding the vocal intonations and everything that he's been doing for five years now and finding different variations on that to like find it again, uh, was really, was really cool and fascinating to watch on top of the physicality stuff that Allison sort of mentioned as well. And then to watch him slowly try to con his way into this inner circle with not nearly enough information. <laughs> um, just like 
so little information about anything. Like, did no homework. He's like, like, I know things. Well, yeah. Messing up on that. Ah, Dr. Linda Martin. Yes, that is your name. Yes, exactly. That is how, that is how Lucifer addresses people by their full names. Um, it's what, what most, what I most latched onto was the complete disconnect between Michael coming to Earth for the, for the first time in who knows how long and being like, I know how to Lucifer and Eve coming to Earth for the first time in eons going, I kind of actually know how to human because I talked to people after they got back here. Um, and it's just like the sheer contrast between the knowledge bases was readily apparent. And Eve didn't even have need to know basic information about the person she was impersonating to do this. So I think it actually works really well um, because the entire time you're waiting for them to catch up and then they do. And I was really glad, even though I told my partner, I was like, I really want Dan to be the one that figures this out. I don't know how it would work, but I want Dan to be the one to figure it out. Um, but I was glad that they figured out uh, figured it out at the end of the episode as well, because it was that entire sequence right at the end. I was just like, stab him, stab him, stab him. Oh, you're going to shoot him. Yes. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> um, so that was very good. So no, I really enjoyed watching Ellis do everything slightly left of center. Um, and it was made for a really compelling hour, but also like a really tense, stressful hour. Cause I was just like, no one can be fooled by any of this. <laughs> Allison, how did you feel about it? Um, I, you know, we're talking about it and I'm getting more and more into it and more and more excited about Alice's performance, which I agree is it's not a Tatiana Maslany thing, but I feel like some of that is that there's a level of of deliberate artifice and that we're sort of having our the important thing about our reactions to this character at this stage is that they are not lucifer and what we're essentially getting are two not lucifers and i wasn't thinking about you know whether or not I wasn't thinking about Michael as Michael. I was just thinking about all of the ways he wasn't Lucifer in these two different aisles. So first there's, there's Ellis as Michael and all of the contrast that comes with that, right? Like all of the really fun, um, deliberate, unsubtle things that Ellis is doing with his body. You know, I don't think that we're supposed to, sort of have that melt away right i think it's it's intentional it's intended to be like like someone is wearing a like a lucifer skin suit um but it doesn't fit you know what i mean um which i think is really cool but the more interesting thing and this is the one i had a more visceral reaction to and it speaks to what kate just said about lucifer lying is when he's doing Michael playing Lucifer, I forget about Michael entirely because it's just about the fact that it is not Lucifer. Like very, it is a very good impression and is absolutely not Lucifer. And every time, like the inherent wrongness of that, while the whole time Ellis is doing almost exactly what he usually does is a testament to his performance because that wrongness is coming from him as well as from the all of the other things I'm going to talk about in a second um but also the writing because it's just um 
it shows a lot of faith in the audience that they will see not just the big things that Chloe sees, but also little things. Um, the way that he sits in chairs and the way he opens doors and the way he interacts with people and his responses to just little. The point that Dan says about, well, you, you're never just doing nothing is such a good one. It uh -huh. was so unsettling to just watch Lucifer stand still because it's, it's not him. And the insight that the writers show in recognizing that that's a thing, that something as simple as that is something Lucifer would simply never do is incredible i think um but i also want to talk about just briefly um the costuming because the suits are different um just a little right but like at least to my eyes it looked like a bulkier shoulder kind of a bigger collar like they his suits are suits are exquisitely tailored so when the fit is just a little bit off it, it's disorienting um so it was all just sort of wrong the hair was just sort of wrong they kept finding ways to light him from behind so that even when ellis was standing totally upright he still just had slightly more light coming through one arm than the other um there were there's a, a lot of things with reflection and then um i think lauren german deserves a lot of credit too because she because it's a like really good undercover chloe again mm -hmm. i could tell that something was up but only because i was watching really closely and i kept going back and forth on whether or not she had figured it out i would go oh she's definitely figured it out and then she would respond to him or to maze in such a way that i'd be like oh no i guess not she's so she actually fooled me too. Point being, um, they're playing with the deception and they're playing with the wrongness in a way that makes the artifice of the entire exercise actually a part of the experience, which I think is so cool and smart. I just, got, as I was saying all of that, just got way more amped about this episode than I was. So that was fun. <laughs> and I'm going to jump onto what you said uh, about uh, mirrors and like reflection, because that's a big thing about the Michael Lucifer stuff, even here. Like, it, they really did kind of just go through every little difference they could. Like uh, Michael is left-handed where Lucifer is right-handed. Uh, mm. Michael likes clear Laker where Lucifer likes brown Laker. Uh, Michael with the black wings opposed to Lucifer's white wings. It's like, they are so different that in every single level. And uh, yeah, it wasn't until I rewatched it and I noted in my review that I even noticed, oh no, by, by the halfway mark, Chloe totally knows he's not Lucifer and she is playing both him and Maze. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so refreshing. Um, this episode, and there's like a, some other things throughout the season. It's like, the season away is kind of a do-over for certain parts of season three. Like this entire episode is the the Kane-Chloe uh, arc, but just condensed into one episode and Chloe doesn't get duped by this guy. Ah. Yeah. it's it's They do everything from like even the team up with Maze and all of that. It's... It's beautiful to see, honestly. It's just, I feel like a lot of the season is like, yeah, we need to really, like, say sorry again for season three. <laughs> <laughs> Dust in the Wind. Dust in the Wind. Please, please, please let Tom Ellis and that thick American accent sing Dust in the Wind. For me. Do it for no, me. No, that, is that going to help anyone? That, that, please. That's please. Oh, no. If we're doing season three over again, don't take away the thing I liked. Um, cellular level, I'm upset. <laughs> I have a question for the panel. At what point were you convinced that Chloe had figured it out? 
Oh, geez. It's the when did you know he was dead in the Sixth Sense thing as applied right. to Lucifer. Yeah. Oh, originally, like when I first watched it, obviously, it it literally wasn't until like around the balcony time. Mm. And that's why I was like, when I rewatched it, it's like, oh, she knows by like af- after the maze Lucifer, like oh, Lucifer hookup, that's when she knows. Yeah. Yeah. I think around like that balcony thing, like up top in the, in the precinct. Um, yeah. For me, it uh, initially it was at when she goes over and talks to him by the plane. As yeah, a crime mm-hmm. thief. yeah. That's when it's like really clear that she knows. Uh, like yeah. after they talk to Brody. Um, and then, but then, um, that is before they're at the precinct. Is that before yeah, or after before. she talks to Maze? This before. Yeah, and then she talked to Maze, and I was like, "Oh, uh, does she not? That doesn't seem right." But what? So like that flipped me back over. Because I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me that she was telling Maze that, so that Maze would tell Michael that, right? Or you know, and feed information back. Um, and so then I was like, oh, I guess she doesn't. But then this doesn't make sense. And then I was like, I was very angry in my head with the showrunners and like, not can I trust them or can I not trust them? Because too many shows have teased or gone all in with characters being assaulted by someone. Who looks like because it's not who they think it is due to shape shifting. Um, so that has happened way too much in the TV that I've seen. Would you be like these showrunners wouldn't do that, right? Like they know better, like right? But then the so then I was so distracted by myself that mm-hmm. <laughs> that I did I was just like you know out of that conversation. Um, so it was yeah when when you realize what the jig is up and everything. Um, then I could appreciate, for example, the coffee scene all the more. It's like, when she's like, oh, she's, because like, this is so stupid. Coffee and scene's and so good. And then you realize she's in it and you're like, oh, oh, like a fiddle. Undercover Chloe's playing him like a fiddle. Well done. And I, the thing I love about the Maze scene is that, so she understands that Maze is upset after what happened in the premiere. And so she, she understands it on that level, but she's still going to like fuck with her. And she's like, he, like, he had to have been really, really desperate to be with you. She's like, she just she's like I'm gonna like give back at least if if she's gonna be yeah. like messing around with whoever this is. Uh, I was thinking of you in that moment. I was like, remember? When I was like, they're gonna be good now. And the player was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. I liked that scene a lot too because it it sort of it made me think what is still acceptable to Maze in terms of demonic behavior, right? what lines would she not cross? How does her humanity intersects with intersect with her demonity? With her lack of soul, basically. Yeah, right? Um, and the place where I sort of landed and it emerges from her response to that scene is that it feels to me like Maze would never betray Chloe on a level that deep with Lucifer, right? Mm. Like I feel like she no matter how mad she is, she would never do that because that is like a, a mortal wound, I guess, right? Whereas what she was doing with Michael is basically torture. She's torturing Chloe with something that ultimately is not going to end up mattering that much because it's not actually him. So um, so I found that a really interesting idea and watching Maze be off balance with Chloe um, was fascinating because she's just, that's so rare. 
Um, and I thought it was very, very interesting for me, by the way, it was the, the point where I stopped wondering whether or not she knew, um, was the ranch puffs when she said ranch puffs, your favorite. And I, I don't remember if this is our first ranch puff, re- ranch puffs reference or not, but there is no universe in which Lucifer doesn't make some sort of joke about ranch puffs or like, I don't know something, right? Like that yeah. ranch puffs, your favorite. I was like, Oh, well there's a clearly not Lucifer's favorite. <laughs> They're definitely like, I don't know for sure, but I know a man is not going to be like, yeah, ranch puffs. <laughs> At worst, he would be like, you promised to never bring that up again, detective, right? Or like, like no. only only when I'm high, detective. Yes. <laughs> you, well, you'll have to go take me to the evidence locker first, detective. Um, <laughs> yes, I, yeah. It's a good, good moment. The reveal with, um, I knew it was, and when I saw you in Maze, Lucifer would never do that to me, uh, was good. But I kept waiting for, and he wouldn't do that to Maze. And it, mm. I was I was disappointed that we didn't get any of that either, because like if Maze was in such a vulnerable place that she started to uh, to to engage with with Lucifer sexually right now, that would also be speak to a larger problem. Right. So like I, I'm still wanting a slight tweaks. I um, who was it? Um, one of our listeners said over here in the comments. Marcus said, uh, "I do wish uh, Maze and Chloe had one more scene together at the end in the penthouse." And I don't know how that would work. And I'm guessing that that would impact things that we're going to get with the two of them later. Which and there's a reason we didn't get that scene. Um, but I, I am very much anticipating, eagerly anticipating what we get with Maze and Chloe next, um, and what we get with uh, Lucifer and Maze next. Um, because yeah, it does. It does feel like I wanted just a little bit more awareness of where Maze is at from Chloe, even though she's still pissed at at uh, Maze for for doing this. Uh, some other comments here. Um, the uh, Vin says you guys are way more into the Michael storyline than me, even on a technical level. I really hate the evil twin trope. Always have it bugged me so much. I didn't even notice all these small details because I was rolling internally rolling my eyes the whole time. Um, and Scotty says, uh, Chloe being duped into bed arc is a thing we've seen before. And it was so bumming me out. And I'm so glad about where it ended. Marcus and Vince knew at the vending machine. So the ranch puffs. Um, and Marcus says, that's when I got the feeling she was fishing for a slip up. Um, and Scotty says, uh, Lucifer's a flaming hot guy, not ranch. Clearly. Uh, so that catches us up with our comments. Uh, wh- what do you guys, how do you guys feel about where Maze is at? I wasn't sure that I bought her going along with this so far. When I was reading your review, Latoya, though, and you mentioned the season three thing, I was like, click, that's really smart. Yep, that's what they're doing. Okay, I'm on board now. Because <laughs> uh, uh, without, uh, this isn't spoiling anything, I don't think Maze's problem is with Lucifer leaving because I even know it in my reviews, it's like, Imagine Lucifer had stopped by and say, Maze, you want to go to hell with me? She wouldn't because she's newly anti-Maze. She's going to stay with Linda. She's like, she's mad about abandonment, but it's like, it's greater than Lucifer in general. So she's like, fine, I'll use Michael as like for this help so I can beat up the real Lucifer. But like, it's, she's just trying to find ways to fix the, the issue that aren't going to fix the issue. So I, I, I cut her slack on that end. And again, we have to always remember Maze has no soul. She does remarkably well for like a demon without a soul. <laughs> Noel, any thoughts? No, I agree with Latoya. 
um, how she just outlined everything with Maze. Like, totally agree with it. It didn't. It didn't really bug me that she was upset. It just felt very much like Latoya said as being in the threat of an abandonment issue. Um, because yeah, she wouldn't go back to hell. There's too much stuff that she cares about here. I think, and I agree. So yeah, I I think she's just upset that she wasn't told or given the opportunity to say no, basically. Like I I I would have said no if you had invited me, but you didn't invite me. <laughs> you yeah. didn't know I was gonna say no. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. He's like, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this, he's like to be asked still. So, you know. Yes. Point yeah. do, you know. Ask me if I want to go to hell first. Um. I do want to. <laughs> sorry. I just imagine Lucifer asking everyone if they want to go to hell before yeah. he leaves. Hey, Ella, you want to just... go to hell? Yeah. Um, the uh, um, I do want to spare a moment here for Dan because um, we're commenting on the wrongness of a still Lucifer. I loved that they obviously Chloe is catching on to everything that's going on, but I love that they made Dan the one who's like freaked out by that and like the whole pudding thing. Alejandro is so great with like the timing of all of that. It's so good. He's um, spinning it. Spinning it. <laughs> he's spinning it. Like, yeah, like just like the, the little lizard tongue quick flick tasting, you know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very good. Yeah. Um, then that uh, that that leaves for me Amenadiel and Linda to talk about, as well as there's more with Michael. I'm curious about the, all like, all the fear stuff, but um, I I thought that <laughs> Amenadiel just carrying baby Charlie for like oh, 16 hours, just harness. like does he? All I, I hope did he have the little kid headphones on? I should hope I didn't look for that so i was wondering i looked for the headphones too but (laughs) i mean surely he must have maybe there were like little like inner ones or something Mm -hmm. it was so cute it's very cute it's just so good 15 16 hours (laughs) amazing yeah yeah any other thoughts on amenadiel and linda here besides our big revelation for linda well uh i do want to I, 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 we can get into, I guess, Michael's uh, power too. Mm-hmm. But I also want to address uh, Marcus's comment about Maze and lack of soul. Mm-hmm. Go for it, yeah. Okay, so uh, Marcus said in the chat, I figure the no soul thing just means when she dies, she's gone. The whole need a soul th- to be good thing that Buffy introduced, I don't think it's very good. Lots of people with souls are, are, are monsters, which is true. But part of the no soul thing is also that she was forged by Lilith to just be a torturing machine, basically to not have any other you know, imperative besides that to serve Lucifer and to torture. So everything she's experiencing now is not the way she was created to experience anything. So it is a whole, it's at the, the lack of soul in this case, I think is at odds with the person she is and is becoming. That's my argument. Mm. Scotty says, I would argue that we're seeing uh, in Maze a, a demon who is growing a soul. And I would not be surprised if that's where we're headed. Um, I think it's, that's it's 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 consistently one of the most interesting parts of the show is how Maze um balances who she is, who she was, and who she wants to be. Um so yeah, that's it'll be interesting to track throughout the season. Vin says it's different in Buffy B, as basically the old person is gone when they become a vampire. They just keep the memories of them. Maze Maze never had a previous incarnation, so never she never had a soul, so this is a bit different. Um Vince says, who creates demons? Does the devil do that? And Latoya. Oh, yes. I noted it's, it's Lilith. She's like, the demons are her children. Then they've noted that m- numerous times. Yeah. So, they, yeah, that that's that we had a little bit of that in season 
four with Maze mm-hmm. and, and Eve. She spoke some Lilum, which is uh, Afrikaans. Vin says, is Lilith still around? I would assume in the, like, somewhere. But anyways, um, other thoughts on on this? Marcus says, the that argument is still framing that a soul is something that good people have. I say it's more interesting, at least, if having a soul is relevant to one's character. And, you know, we'll see. I'd say I'm attaching a soul to, like, humanity in general, which she wasn't built, quote unquote, to have humanity because she was... Mm-hmm created for a specific function yeah like a personality just defining traits empathy and you don't just because you have it doesn't mean you need to use it you know and like they're you know and compare again to the other demons we, we've met too yeah yeah that's true um then says I, I agree i just someone i get hung up on technicalities uh don't apologize it's fine don't it's apologize, fine no. No, no no discussion yeah, well, and the, like that, we've talked about the whole sociopathy thing before as well. What would that mean for someone who doesn't feel guilt? This came up on Twitter actually. Um, people were talking about, and they called in Latoya to answer. Uh, and do sociopaths who, who, or do people who are incapable of feeling guilt still go to hell? Or is it impossible for them to go to hell because they don't feel guilt? It's so like there's certain, um, and and Latoya has you know a good answer on that. Um, but this is a show that is engaging in the broad strokes of this stuff, but not usually spending like an episode to really dive in with it because they have their focus is other places. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't write the actual episode because I didn't want to like be spoiling. Obviously, I didn't know how far. But like off the record, we we see Patrick Fabian's character. He apparently doesn't have guilt for anything he's doing but he still ends up in hell. It's basically, it's just because they think they're free of guilt pretty much, but they know they're doing something wrong. And his hell loop, he doesn't even know that he's being tortured, but he's stuck there. And if he grew any kind of self-awareness, he'd maybe be able to get out or at least be able to get past that that part. But that's not going to happen. No. Um, Okay. So let's talk about my goal and fear. I think this is an excellent choice. How'd y'all feel about this? I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, within, maybe not like this mythos, but within like the Judeo-Christian tradition, Michael's the archangel that leads the armies of heaven against Lucifer um, and hell's uprising, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So this idea that he, as the general, um, instills and weaponizes fear, I think works really well as like a defining characteristic, as opposed to something more heavenly, like hope or, or even awe. Um, or agape or something like that. And instead it's fear. Um, which again works because if you're trying to counter like an army of demons, those other traits don't necessarily work in the same way that fear does, I think. Um, so I think that that's a really interesting sort of way of doing, to keep a D&D thing, doing like a paladin that bases it in like a darkness sort of thing, but still aligned with a good deity. If we want to get into those kind of weeds, but I don't. Um, so watching it be used throughout this episode, I think is really interesting in how it just navigates everything slightly differently without really giving you a fuller answer about what's happening in the case of the week. Um, and then to see it used against Linda is really scary and horrifying and I don't care for it. Uh, but then to see the final card play about 
yeah, no, sweetie, you were put in his path on purpose, um, speaks to that degree of fear of being less than or diminutive or something's something less than what she is in Chloe's case. And I really like how that card finally gets played here um, and is used against them in a really compelling way. So I really like it as a through line for what Michael is. And it also just beautifully encapsulates why Amenadiel thinks he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're like, if there's something that you, you know, and Lucifer Parlance truly desire, mm-hmm. why don't you do it? Why don't you go for it? Because you're afraid of some other outcome, right? Yeah. If they just, they go hand in hand. Um, or because you don't do it because it would hurt somebody else. And what you actually desire more than that is to not hurt the person. So like, if you're looking for, if there's something that you really, really want, you really, truly desire, why don't you do it? What is holding you back? Right. A lot of times it's fear. So I think that's just, it's such a clean and like you know reflection parallel that they're doing there uh it's it's uh it's very effective scotty says i found it so interesting and genuinely scary at times people are so vulnerable to manipulation through fear absolutely and vince says i think they are setting michael up as a replacement for lucifer in hell who better to run hell than someone who can get the worst fears out of people uh that's a terrible idea. I hadn't thought of that, Vince. Thanks for that. Because, you know, that would be really scary. Like, that would be really, really bad. It's like the last person you want. We need to keep getting screams from these children to power all our plants in Monster Universe. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, and, and I could, I, it hadn't occurred to me that maybe that would be something that Michael would do to usurp Lucifer or to gain, try to gain power to, would be to take his place in hell. And then since you said that, that seems very obvious and disconcerting um what do you guys think about that allison uh i love that theory um somebody somebody's gotta hang out in hell because baby chucky uh, he needs uh he needs to be protected at all costs obviously and amenadiel he can only hold him you know so many hours a day it's apparently 16 um i really like the fear conceit um and what it says about the show's interest in self-awareness uh because if part of knowing who you are is knowing what you really want then um also part of knowing who you are is knowing what you actually fear because sometimes what we think we fear is not actually what we fear so um so i find that really fascinating and it's just adding layers that become more and more interesting um but i said but i still want to reserve judgment just a little bit i feel like um the most interesting version of this storyline is very different from the least interesting version of the storyline. So if we're just going to get evil twin, then I'm, you know, Tom Ellis's American accent can only do so much. Um, but if we're going to start talking about, um, well, I mean, Richard the third, right. If I cannot be a hero, then I must play the villain. Um, which is, what seems to be happening here, if Lucifer is the golden twin, even if he's also the led the rebellion against heaven twin, if he is the golden twin, then it makes sense that Michael would sort of fall in the other direction, even if our conception of um, good and bad and all of that gets sort of messy and um, confused. Anyway, um, I, I'm hoping for the most interesting version of this storyline and actively hoping against the least interesting version. And I really want there to be more Richard III stuff, please. Please, please, please. Oh my God, I love it. Nerd. 
Yes. How do we feel about uh, all of the, 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 the you know, Noel's already talked about it, but the the secret, like the bombshell. There's so much stuff in this season that you can tell. They're like, last season. Okay, we're going to kill off Lee. We're going to, like, like let's drop that last, you know, the last shoe that we've been waiting on, which was this here. Um, so I look forward to seeing how that's going to, like, what are they going to have up their sleeves for season six? Who knows? That's their problem. Sit, come, <laughs> sit, come. It's just sit, come. Chloe with and Lucifer puppets. living together and hanging out with baby Charlie, who's a toddler who flies. Sit, oh God, I hang out sitcom sit. with this cast. I would, I would watch it. I would watch it. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's. Um, he's making that money. Let's Lucifer do the thing. Lucifer Town. I'm here. Yes, 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 yes. Don't, yes. Wait, don't trust the devil in apartment 23. <laughs> in penthouse 23. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And Dan just comes in every time and be like, who ate my pudding? That's his intro line every hey. episode. Yeah. Everyone's ho- hollering. I'm so into it. I forgot the great mush. Um, I, I want to address uh, Vince's other question about this reveal, which is that, uh, but this wasn't Chloe's fear, right? Because she didn't know up to a point. Yes, but uh, at, before that, she was telling um, Michael about how special and real her relationship with lucifer is yeah so this is how not real their relationship is that that's the fear the fear that mm-hmm. their relationship is anything but you know real and true this is a huge bomb well i think it's also interesting that that's such an important point in this episode which makes such a big deal of the fact that lucifer doesn't lie like the big clue is yeah. lucifer doesn't lie it's the thing that disconcerts everyone right But there is a difference between not lying and telling the truth. And the problem is that Michael lies, but Lucifer has done plenty of obfuscating, right? And this is an example of that. It's not a lie. He didn't lie to her about the nature of their relationship, but he did keep something enormous from her. Um, and underlining that. So is him in a deal too. Yeah. 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 Um, underlining all of that is fascinating. Yeah. I need a scene and it can happen off screen i don't need to see it but i need a scene where lucifer goes you know how we were like starting to get together and then i freaked out and went to vegas and got married it's because i found this out and it messed with me and then like so like i need her to put get some context on all these things that we know and that lucifer knows that she doesn't know you know uh it would be it would be lovely Candy Morningstar would have been on to Michael immediately. Oh, immediately. immediately. (laughs) Five minutes into the episode. Well, she figured it out. She would have been like, that's not Lucifer. Yeah. (laughs) He would have said, he would have said, oh, hello, my former wife, Candy Morningstar. And she'd go, oh, you're not Lucifer. Who are you? She'd go, oh, you're Michael. I don't know how I figured this out. (laughs) I'm not sure how I I know that, but you are definitely Michael. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, do we have any final thoughts? On, on this episode? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I do have a big knock against this episode, um, which is the fact that they teased me with a locked room mystery in a Mars simulator biodome and then just pulled the sheepskin rug out from under me and didn't give me that mystery. And I'm very upset about it. I mean, instead, <laughs> they gave you an insane conclusion to the, the case, which is that Kobe Bell's, like, partner killed this guy. And he's like, I still love you. Yes. Even though you killed this woman I wasn't having an affair with. Yes. And, no. And this is the worst part of the episode. That conclusion, I'm like, well, if you're trying to make, like, the one-to-one, like, metaphor with Chloe, this is not the way. No. <laughs> it's such a bad way of doing it. 
Toby Bell should not be fine with this. <laughs> he shouldn't. He should be like, it was like I changed. Like okay, so he's gonna be the killer because you know he changed everything. He's like nope. It was just her being jealous. It's like I gotta kill this woman because I think you're messing around with her. You no, <laughs> and yeah. he's okay with it. No, nothing you could do could change my mind. I think killing someone should I change your so. mind. Yeah, like and Kobe Bell can only do so much to salvage that scene. Yeah, and it's still real bad. <laughs> well, it's also way too similar to the scene we had with the couple who were gonna like go to like to back Harvard. in season. Yeah. No, not the, well. Yeah, I didn't even think of that one. But no, the um, it's like season two, maybe. Oh yeah, is it when Lucifer's about to lose uh, Lux? Yeah, 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 and yeah. and the one is good. They're gonna. They don't know which one of them did it, and they yeah. both say they did it. And yeah, the what they're being wheeled off on a gurney because they're yeah. going to the hospital. That yeah. one at least makes sense because they're like just terrible people. Clearly, both of them. Yeah, but, like with Kobe Bell, just like this is very weird that you're like I still love you even though you're going to prison for murder. Yeah, no, it's it's just it was very frustrating, and I was very sad about it. Because uh, I really wanted a locker room mystery with this with this cast because it would have yeah. been just so good and Ella was so excited, mm-hmm. um, and then they just went no not that and I just went you sons of bitches I do agree um, with you no I yeah. was also like when they said locker room mystery I'm like okay let's do it and they did do yeah. it but it was still a good episode <laughs> yeah no it's still a really good episode but I was just like guys you can't tease me you can't tease locker room mystery and then not deliver. Um, but it is balanced out as, um, Marcus points out, Sharon Osbourne's in this episode and we haven't discussed that at all. And <laughs> Lauren, that's German, delightful. Lauren German doing an Ozzy Osbourne impression. <laughs> that's the actual highlight of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this guy says, I wanted a locked room mystery. Uh, and, uh, Vince says, Rachel Harris, my favorite scene was her line delivery of, and sitting yes, um, watching like the, that scene with harris and jim was very very good you're like well at least he doesn't lie well the thing is oh like it was <laughs> it was it was very good um the i i it's nice to know that she's back at work yes. um the the parents were curious who was watching baby charlie and then they're like oh amenadiel uh, must have him and then that actually worked out later with the bjorn um but like if she can afford a night nurse she can afford a nanny too so we'll see what happens um (laughs) scotty says watching chloe pull lucifer in therapy was hilarious the the just the closing note of like you 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 guys are perfect for each other (laughs) i think chloe's reaction is even better when she snorts and says maybe (laughs) (laughs) oh good times um okay so we should wrap up because we're we've gone quite a bit long um but Final thoughts, throw them in the chat. Uh, Latoya, if you can help us, what is our our next episode title? Our next episode title is Diablo. <laughs> With exclamation point both directions. Uh, yeah. Well, because it's in Spanish. So yeah, because it's, just... it's in Spanish. Yeah. Diablo. Exclamatory. Make your, make your guesses, my friends. Uh, telenovela. Mm. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to co-sign that. Co-sign, yeah. Telenovela that's being filmed in filmed in LA, yeah. Okay. They better do that now because they've already given not given us a locker room mystery, so yeah, I demand telenovela. I, so. <laughs> I am gonna go if if they're trying to make amends for wrongs of the past, I'm gonna go ahead and add to the very bottom of that list uh, teased locked room mystery and didn't go through with it because I de- we are way way overdue for a proper Lucifer bottle episode where there's some sort of crime and no one like precinct on lockdown just to really frustrate Noel have like a bunch of new. Poli- 
police locations police <laughs> or like everybody's at Linda's or like they get stuck in Linda's office. Maybe even like Linda and Mays get stuck in the office and Menadiel and Lucifer get stuck in the penthouse and Chloe. No, I guess we'd have to switch them up more. Regardless, um, earthquake, maybe I need a lockdown bottle episode. Everybody's in one place and all hell breaks loose. ASAP. I worry they won't do a bottle episode because they have too much Netflix money. Do yeah. you have to do bottle episodes when you're on Netflix? Well, you but the, but you can. <laughs> they, they could they could have it be a bottle episode where it's not because it's not about saving money, but it's still one location um, for like the channel. It could be a new location. Like, what if this episode had taken place entirely within that Mars compound? Mm-hmm. Which right? was really cool. Like that whole hallway shot was just great. Yeah, um, very cool. Yeah. Vince says, uh, Vince's guess is that Ella's grandma suddenly appears to help Ella find a suitor, um, which would be fun. And comment on their fabulous trip to the opera. Um, that would be, that would be super, super duper fun. I actually that, know yeah. what the title is about. This is one of those things that the showrunners don't think is a spoiler that I think is a spoiler. So, uh, I, I won't comment well, on that. Wrong, Allison. All right. But, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. And I'm surprised it's this early in the season. Um, I would not have anticipated that, but I'm, I'm looking forward to like with the urgency that we got at that last scene with Amenadiel and Lucifer in just like a few lines, I'm very much looking forward to where the episode is going to pick up next. And because we didn't get really much Ella in the last one, I'm hoping we get more Ella in this one. Um, so, you know, yeah, I guess um, that's all I'll say. I lo- speaking of Ella, sorry. Yeah, oh no, I was going to say, speaking of Ella, I really loved Ella repeatedly hitting Luc- Lucifer with her shoe. Mm-hmm. What a what a delight. We were cheering. There's cheering from the Cousin Couch. I love that she was having sex dreams about Aragorn from Lord of yeah. the Rings. Aragorn, that's not your sword. Woo! <laughs> Good times. Well, okay, that will wrap us up. Uh, Vince is going to go watch this right now, even though it's 9.20 at night where he is. Um, Yeah, I would watch this right now, but I have to work, so I can't do it. Everybody Uh, watched it. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. No, we, yeah, and I've already seen, like, the image preview for episode four. Um. (laughs) So so now you've been spoiled like Kate was. I was. I was also spoiled. It's a... I'll just let you know. It's great, by the way. Can't wait. I'm very oh, much looking forward to it. It's but, yeah. Don't be spoiled. Don't anybody go looking for what we're talking about. I wish I didn't yeah. know, but I am yeah. delighted all the same. Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk around that tomorrow. But for now, we're all done. <laughs> thank you to Vince and Marcus and Scotty uh, for hanging out with us today in the chat. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.